Welcome to the Get It Done Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan. I help people get it done in the sense of achieving their dreams of home ownership. Getting it done can mean so many things. It can come in all shapes and sizes. This podcast is about that central theme, getting it done, whatever that may be. In the future, we're going to have guests talk about their own personal experiences in getting it done, how they overcame adversity to achieve their dreams. Once again, I'm Jimmy Ryan, and I'll be your host, and this is our story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Get It Done podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan, and today we have a second interview with David Castillo. David uh, won the Rookie of the Year in 2020 at EXP, just starting six months uh, into the year. And uh, you know, David, welcome back to the Get It Done podcast. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate you having me for the second time. Um, says a lot about you and you know, you're, you're a stand-up guy. So appreciate you having me, Jimmy. Nothing but love brother, for sure. So uh, has anything changed uh, since we've, uh, since we last spoke? Um, just getting a couple more deals under contract. Um, got a couple more agents into the fold now. Um, and then really just trying to build these systems and processes and business so that I can start to leverage myself a little bit more um, in the agent attraction space. Uh, because that's ultimately where I want to be. I want to I want to be able to build the brokerage under EXP, while also helping buyers and sellers at the same time. Probably I love that, and uh, and we're going to get into you know how how, how you're doing that uh, in just a little bit. But before we do, I w- I really want to talk about uh, we were talking you know before we hit record about you know the differences between um, we're to back up a second. You, you, you a lot of times people work on the mental game. You know the yeah. game that is. Uh, you know, the voice between your two ears, you know, uh, what, what goes on in there. And uh, one of the things is perspective and people have paradigm shifts. And uh, we were talking about, you know, working out and what the differences are between working out and self-care. Speak to that. Yeah. Um, so my journey in fitness started back when I was 16. Um, I would go to experience fitness Um, your typical, you know, gym. And I would see, for lack of a better term, these gym bros. (laughs) Gym bros, that's right. These gym bros. And man, they're throwing up weight. They look great. It it just seems like they have what I would want. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything else about them. I just know those two things. Mm -hmm. I wanted that. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know why. And you know, you start to build consistency in the gym. I mean, for me, I went one day and I just, I didn't stop going. Um, I think I touched on it in my first episode, but the reason I got into the gym was for sports and soccer. And I needed to, you know, bulk up, bulk up a little bit so that I could, you know, be more attractive um, as far as uh, college sports went. Yeah. And we, we, I remember our conversation with it, you know, we, soccer is typically not the, not the sport people are going to the weight room for. No, um, you're probably the only person on the soccer team going. Yes. Um, was was it was it strictly for soccer? Or was it more so the gym bros? No, no, no. I mean, I was Jimmy. I was 150, 55 pounds. Holy cow! Back in my senior year. How much are you now? I think I'm 210 now. Pretty consistent. Yeah, but you're solid muscle, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but really, though. But, but you know, <laughs> and, and so 
uh, it started with me just bulking up a little bit because I, I mean, granted, I was, I was tall, um, I was strong, but I wasn't as strong as I could be. And that was my first taste of wanting to get better at something um, besides what the typical, you know, norm was. Um, you know, so fast forward, I, I, I kept up with working out, I would be consistent with it. I mean, I, I think I've maybe took a break for more than a week or two, like once for the first four or five years. Wow. Um, so I was pretty consistent. I was going, you know, five to seven days. Um, I, I mean, I, it's not something that I would ever consider giving up out of my schedule. I was very religious with it. Mm -hmm. um, You're addicted to it. You need it. In, in that sense, yeah, yeah, it, it was uh, very addicting. And I think, I think I started to realize it wasn't sustainable because what I was chasing after, I was starting to accomplish actually. Mm -hmm. What I had set out, what I had a vision for back when I was you know, 16, going to the gym, seeing all these guys, it's like, well, I'm here now what? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you, you get to a point in, in your fitness where it's not about the weight or what you look like, but it's more so how you got there mm -hmm. and how you can translate that into life. Um, you know, and, and now my perspective on fitness has changed because yes, I still try to push the envelope with how I train. Um, but now I'm more so, how do I take care of myself? How do I take care of my body? How do I have vitality? How do I have health? You know, and, and how do I, how do I make this thing become sustainable for the long term? Yeah. So, uh, I think you're, 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 um, without putting the word in your mouth, I think you're talking about plateauing and, um, you know, in life, especially as you progress in your career, uh, a lot of times people climb a mountain and they see this big, huge, enormous mountain and they're climbing it. Well, you have to get to the top of the mountain to realize there's nothing there. Yeah. And that's just what, and that can be transitioned into a lot of different things, particularly in our business. you got to get to the top and you look around and look, some people make the mistake. They, they find the next mountain and they, they, they look at it that way. I, I would argue that's not fulfillment. And I love the transition that you're talking about. You're plateauing in working out. Brother, I see you. You're putting four plates up. I mean, you're putting like four plates up. You're squatting it. You're doing like, I, I have to ask you, how much can you bench press? I have to ask that. <laughs> um, so my max is. How much can you bench, bro? Like that's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it's funny because that, that was, you know, when I when I first started, I'm like, Jimmy, I couldn't even put up a plate. Like, so it right. would have been 135. I right. couldn't even put that up. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, two plates was, was what I was going for when I right. first started, 225. Right. To be able to rep that out. Um, now I can rep it out. It's like you're looking at the combine, right? Right. But what does that mean? You mm -hmm. know, it, it's it's the intangibles that come with it. You know, being consistent and stuff. Um, I think right now I'm at like 365, um, and I, you know, you just want to keep pushing the envelope. Right. Um, that's I think that's what that part of you know working out built for me is that mindset of you have to continue to keep going. Plateauing is a part of it. Uh, you have to continue to push the envelope because where where you feel resistance is another portion. It's another part where, where people quit, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Like that's yeah. where someone gets off the treadmill. Falls off the wagon. Yeah, they, they yeah, falls off the treadmill. You know, they quit. So for me, for me, it's more so a mindset thing now um, 
where I just want to keep being relentless with it, um, you know, and, and it still feeds me. I mean, like, like now I make the shift towards, I view it as taking care of my body um, and not just working out. It's, it's not just, um, it's not just putting up a certain way. It's, it's the, these disciplines that I want to follow in life. I think now more so than anything. The daily discipline. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we, we were talking about briefly, it's, it is, it's a paradigm shift. There's a difference between working out and taking care of your body. Yeah. And, and you know what, Jimmy, I think now I'm starting to be a little bit more functional with my training too. Um, like I've started to do hot yoga. Mm -hmm. um, I've started to do a lot more hit cardio. Um, I want to start doing a little bit more of like kettlebell and resistance band training mm -hmm. um, where I start to challenge myself in different ways now because your typical barbell, dumbbell, cable lifts, gym bro, they just, you know, you get to a certain point where it just, it doesn't challenge you. Right. No matter how much weight you, you start to put up. Hmm. You know what I mean? Interesting. Because it, mentally it doesn't challenge you. Physically it challenges you, but mentally right. you're just like, this is draining. Right. Right. So now how is it feeding you really? Right. Mm -hmm. How does it serve you? Yeah. So, so, and that's, and that's really great because you can absolutely tie that into really any business that you're in, particularly one where you're on straight commission, where like, literally you're going to live or die by your own efforts. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think the daily discipline is just, is just so important. Um, and speaking of that, how, you know, we've mentioned you in a couple podcasts with a couple different people, um, particularly in accountability, you know, you, you're pushing people that are double your age to go and work out and to, you know, make that be a part of their you know, daily routine. Why is that? Why do you think that's so important to you? And why are you so passionate about it? Why would you want to be, I guess, why is it important for you to share that, that with other people, that daily discipline? Yeah. You know, I think it comes back to lead by example mm -hmm. uh, in anything you have to lead by example. Uh, but more so you understand the, the impact that it had for you and, and you want that for other people as well. Um, you know, and when you have, when you have business partners that are impacting you in business, you want to give it back to them, right? Mm -hmm. You, you want to share, um, in successes that you've had and, and you want them to have that same success. Um, so, you know, I have, I guess you could say the credibility with working out, um, but I'm going through my own journey still too. And I know right. if they continue on this journey, they're going to go through that as well later on. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know they're just, you know, just starting out. Um, but it's about continuing to, to lead by example and, and bringing them along that journey, you know, that they shared in business. And now I'm, I'm just, you know, reciprocating and giving back. Yeah. And look, brother, it's about the results. I mean, like if they see your results, it's your, you, you do have credibility in it because of your results, you know, you have done it. And, so, and yeah. Yeah. No, I, and you know, to the public eye, yes, mm -hmm. they need to see results, mm -hmm. but in business, it's about consistency. It's about you know, the day to day. It's about the process. Mm -hmm. The results are, are just a byproduct. Right. Uh, Phil Treadwell says this, he's the, uh, uh, he has a podcast, Mortgage Marketing Expert, one of the top podcasts in, uh, in the country. And he talks about, you got to put in the work. You got to do the work. Yeah. It is about, it, it, and it's not just about the work. It is about consistent effort over time. That's it. That's it. That, 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 that is the recipe. And talk about uh, accountability. You're mentioning, you know, you're helping some of your mentors with, you know, in this realm, how are they, how important is accountability to you? Accountability is everything. 
um, because the truth is, no matter how sharp your mindset is, you're going to feel like you want to quit. Um, I have, you know, conversations with my mentors where they're like, you know what, we, we need some time, we need some space, or, you know, like, this is how I'm feeling. And you almost have to snap them out of it and be like, look, man, this is a conversation we had. This is what you said you were going to do. So this is what we're going to do, right? And, and it helps to have another set of eyes on your journey because you have to understand this concept that you're not, you're not invincible no matter what your mindset or what you think your mindset is at. Um, you're going to have weak points. And that's, that's all part of um, the highs and the lows of, of being in, in business and in life. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I listened to a podcast by the name of Supreme Being by Brian Casella. Um, and he talks about how we live in a universe of dualities, right? So you can't have black without white, right. the yin and the yang. Right. In business, you're going to have lows just like you have highs. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why, that's why accountability is important because you're going to have those low times you're just, you're going to be down in the dumps, mm -hmm. but you have to understand that you're going to have those and you need these accountability partners in your life mm -hmm. to just reel you back a little bit. It, 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 speaking of those, uh, you know, who inspires you and how do they do it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the beginning, definitely my family, um, my parents were really big inspiration to me um, because I saw, I saw where they came from. They came from a deficit, you know, immigrants from Mexico. Um, never really given an opportunity at education or even more than that, right? Um, and so now in business, I think, you know, a mentor, Jesse Garcia, is someone that I always look up to just because he's he's really taking the lead with, with, with grooming me and, and helping me understand some of these concepts that, Honestly, no one else is, is really aware of at my age. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people like to say you're ahead of your age. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't think that. Right. I just think I'm on my own journey. Right. Right. So so definitely Jesse Garcia um, and my parents. I mean, my parents helped me realize that I wanted something different mm -hmm. because I saw their path and, and they came from a deficit. And look, they didn't have the most opportunity, but they gave it to you. They exactly. sacrificed so that you can have it. And I think that that's a big thing. Um, and it's it, it's really great to actually realize that, appreciate it, and, and be able to pivot off of it. Um, talk about, we're talking about Jesse. Uh, Jesse just is, we talk about abundance mentality. That guy's just overflowing, my goodness. And we were talking about before we hit the record button, you know, my very first you know, mortgage job, they sent me to the corner and said, call some yeah. leads. And I didn't even know how to take an application when somebody wanted to, <laughs> you know, and, um, and meanwhile, here you are, you know, you, you start out, you know, not even, you have six months in the business and you become rookie of the year and you're, you're, you're and, and it's, but it's real, you know, it's not like it's, you didn't just like get the honor, you know, just for nothing. You didn't, you put in the work, you right. did the work and you were consistent on it and you're still building. Talk about specifically in real estate, how, how important do you think it is to have a great leader and mentor? Uh, it's everything. Um, you know, you can, you can get somewhere with directions, but those might not be the right directions because they're not going to get you there as quick as possible. 
right I, I when I look at the map I put in directions to to a destination it might it might take me um, you know it might be a longer distance but in time wise that's the fastest way to get there mm-hmm. right and what that tells me is you have to do the work mm-hmm. right but the time right the reason why it takes less time is because you have a mentor there to help you along the way right so I like to think of it in that way um, I think mentorship is very important because you get to you get to pull from their past experiences. Mm-hmm. Right. You get to be there. You get to see everything. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so speak more about that. So um, Barry Habib talks a lot, a lot about this in his, in his book, uh, Money in the Streets. He says, uh, you know, when you when you have a place that you're looking to go. Do you just point yourself in that direction and go or do you type the address into Google Maps or whatever maps it is, Apple Maps, whatever it is, do you ask Siri to take you to this particular address? And generally, if you do the second piece to that, you're going to have several turns along the way. And I look at it like a mentor is, you know, a map app, you know, they're telling you what the map is and it's not a straight path. And, um, and it's beautiful to realize that young in, in, in a career, because it just, it puts you in a position where you're light years ahead of anybody else, just simply because you're on the right path towards your destination, as opposed to just going forward, you can go forward in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, to speak to that. How, is there anything in particular that really, that maybe a way that you were going that you, that you you would have assumed to have gone that you were corrected? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can, I can talk about how I, I was in school. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, you graduate school um, and, and you, I mean, you're taking advice from people that only want the best for you, but they don't know what's best for you. Right. Um, you have to realize that on your own and you have to go, you know, you have to go take the, the paths, the path less traveled because you might, you might take the wrong path and, and realize that way too, way too late. Um, time's passed you. And, and by then, you know, what do you do? Do you, do you pivot and take the right path that you always wanted to, mm-hmm. or do you live in regret? Um, so I think I realized that, you know, when I, when I got my real estate license was everyone around me is telling me that maybe I should keep my options open mm-hmm. and that's not the way to live life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you get a, if you, if you even get a little feeling in your stomach where hey, this is, this is the route you should take, mm-hmm. then that's probably the route you should take regardless of. What does it feel like, by the way? What does it feel like? What does that feeling feel like? I mean, Jimmy, I, I was, I didn't have any income. Mm-hmm. It was just me just, you know, graduating school. Um, yeah, go straight commission. Go good, straight commission. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. But, but I came to the realization that it's all, it's all between the eyes and the ears. Mm-hmm. So, so I control it. And, and mm-hmm. as soon as you give yourself the key, then, then it opens up the doors. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think you have to start to realize that in your mind first before it becomes reality. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, that's how it feels to me. It, it feels like it, it's a, it's a self-reflection almost where you have to go on your own journey mentally right. first before anything actually comes to fruition in real life. And the reality is the people around you and they want what's best for you. But like I said, they don't know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And you have to go through this mm-hmm. personally, right. By yourself. Right. It helps to have people around you, but mm-hmm. the reality is these people aren't going to be around you because they're not on that path. 
look, you gotta, you gotta put in the work. It's you, you have to make the choices. You have to grow yourself. And it's ultimately the hardest thing. Um, if it's easy, it's probably not the right thing. No, it's generally the path of most resistance. That is the most challenging, but also the most ultimately fulfilling, um, to, to pivot off of that, you know, what now what's next. And, uh, you know, what, what, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, what mountain are you currently climbing? Where are you going? Just building out this business, Jimmy. Um, you know, I, I realized that I came to a plateau just like in working out in business. I could only do so much myself with my hours in my day. Um, right. So now I need to start to build these systems and processes in my real estate business while also having a vision for it. Right. And, and with that vision, I, you know, there's, there's building out the brokerage, mm -hmm. right. There's building out your own team mm -hmm. um, and, and providing and providing value coming from a place of contribution, you know, and having a purpose. Why? And then, you know, to piggyback off of that, the team that you're building create leaders, mm -hmm. right? So, so it's, it's always being aware of this every single day. Um, that, that's honestly, those are mountains. That's a, yeah, know, that's, that's the Rocky mountains right there. Right. right? So, and it, you know, it, it's going to take time, but it's being aware of it day in, day out. Mm -hmm. I think with that too, there's no such thing as team in a box and what works for somebody else probably isn't going to work for you. And it's more of an adventure and you kind of have to figure yeah. it out and make the mistakes and, uh, and, and be allowed to fail. And, um, and that's rare to have, people around you that allow that, but also inspire you to go after it, despite the adversity that you're going to face. Um, to pivot off of that, to go to branding. So how are you building your personal brand? Yeah. So right now, I really want to start to build out the social media aspect of my business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, when I first started, I reverse engineered the income that I wanted to make in real estate to day-to-day -to -day tasks and how many people I needed to connect with, how many conversations I needed to have. And then recently I came to an epiphany and I'm like, I'm still capped because mm -hmm. it's me, mm -hmm. right? So now how do I add gas to the fire, right? The key is social media. The key is always leverage, right? So you, you get to that point where social media actually is your prospecting because it's bigger than you. You can only make so many calls, mm -hmm. right? So you need to start, if you're not on social media, you need to start to build that out mm -hmm. um, and, and you know build your brand, build, build your credibility through the social media. And I think that's what I wanna to start to do now is build out that social media and that is my prospecting. Not that, not that the other prospecting doesn't work, but, I need to add that spoke to the wheel. So speak to, uh, so to the person out there that, you know, look, there's a lot of people who don't have any social media, anything or any business stuff on their social. And it's, and why it's because they're afraid to, or they don't want to come out to say, Hey, I'm a realtor. I'm a lender. I'm a financial planner. I'm yeah. sure. What, um, what, what mistake do you think they're making? Man, you know what, Jimmy, oftentimes the problem that you think is a problem isn't the problem, right? So I think to that person, they need to reflect and understand why they don't want to put themselves out there first before naming that problem. Mm. That That's great. Sense. Yeah, you, basically the root, root cause of, of <laughs> why you don't want to do that, not necessarily the task. It's probably not the task, you're it's right. It's not. 
yeah, it's it's something else. And I think you need to attack that first before you can ever become anything on social media. You can't fake it till you make it right like that. Right. It, it's probably inauthentic, genuine, real. Nobody cares about a, I don't know, like here's my, here's how to get an accepted offer, you know, post, <laughs> you know, you're going to scroll past that. And if you really wanted that information, you Google it because it's just quicker to do. It's more of like showing and not telling and uh, documenting, not creating. And, um, and anyway, you do a great job of that. And that's something that I think that uh, is lacking in our, in our industry. And a lot of people are just afraid to do it. It's just, and you're right. There's some, there's some underlying reason um, yeah. to, to, to go to the, the market. So currently the market's crazy. You know, people are making um, five offers on a weekend with five different clients and they all lose. And you have to be the one that tells your clients that you lost. How are you staying motivated in this current market? Well, you know what, Jimmy, it helps to understand that everyone else is feeling the same way, right? Um, it's not just you, everyone else is competing as well, right? So you, you have to understand that concept. As soon as you understand that, then it's, 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 really, it's really just about you educating your client and letting them know this is how the market is, but that doesn't mean that, that we're giving up. That doesn't mean that I'm not motivated to get you, you know, your house or, you know, I'm not going to lose any sort of sleep over this because this is how the market is. We just have to continue to navigate it, right? That's just how it is, um, you know, and it, it's up to you to handle those emotions for the buyer and, and let them know that this is how things are. Now, do I, do I ever get, you know, kind of down on, oh crap, like this was the one, sure, but you need to control your emotions. You need to understand that this is how things are. It helps to have a team around you to let you know, hey, you know, I did it happen to me too. Right. You know, it's, and it's, it's normal. It's, it's how things are. So I think, you know, having a team, mm-hmm. but as well as being in control of your emotions and mm-hmm. understanding. Absolutely. And, you know, we, it's a part of it, you know, if you don't like this particular part of, you know, the business, well, this is your choice. You know, you're either going to be a part of it. It's a part of it. Yeah. You, you either want to be a realtor or you don't. And and, and, and delivering bad news is a part of it. Not that yeah. people yeah. will, you know, run away from it. And uh, to, to quote Steve Jacobson, he's the CEO of Fairway. He says that, you know, when you make everything about you and you focus on yourself, your life becomes muddled. But if you just focus on helping other people, it becomes easy. It's just clear as day. You can just see it. And, um, and, and, and your, your word just, you know, really reminded me of that. And that's just a, that's just a really great thing. So we talked about losing. So um, let's talk about winning. So in this fierce market of competition, how are you winning? Um, so I think it's twofold. Um, for those that are saying they're losing out on offers, get listings, right? Uh, be on the other side. Lock it down that way um, so that you're not solely working with buyers. Um, you know, I'm going to have another listing coming out here. I've got one under contract right now, and it's it's helped me fill the pipeline a little bit. Um, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm still fairly new. You know, the, the, the normal maturity of an agent is you start as a buyer's agent, mm-hmm. right? And then you start to slowly transition into mm-hmm. listings and mm-hmm. have more control of your time. Therefore, you're worth more, right? And that's, that's obviously that's where any agent wants to be, mm-hmm. I think personally, maybe not, but you know, I want more control of my time 
personally as an agent, mm -hmm. um, right? And, and so get more listings. And then number two, you know, with, with your buyers, you just have to be a lot more creative nowadays. You have to understand that everyone else is trying to be creative as well, mm -hmm. too. So, so what's your edge, right? Are you going to target deals that are off market, mm -hmm. right? Are you willing to door knock for your buyers and, and go to homeowners? Are you, are you willing to do the extra mile when it comes to um, offers where you specifically say, hey, um, you know, my buyers are willing to cover a certain appraisal gap? Right? Are you willing to, to have that conversation with listing agents? Mm -hmm. um, you know, are you willing to talk about um, possibly, you know, anything with like, for example, FHA deals where, mm -hmm. you know, some of that stuff is going to have to get remedied. Are you willing to have that conversation with your buyer, let the listing agent know? Like, are you willing to follow up as many times as it needs to be done to make sure that your buyer is in the best position to get that? Are you, is your lender willing to do that as well? Is your right. lender willing to call these listing agents? Mm -hmm letting them know, hey, edifying the buyer, right? Are you, are you, you know, it's, it's all just what steps and how far you're willing to go to be creative, you know, with these deals. Obviously, you know, in prior times, it was easier to get. Right. When, when I first started, it, I mean, it was, I think I wrote three straight offers and they got accepted. I mean, that's, that's fairly incredible too. And that's, <laughs> and that's, but that's 2020. It was still, I would say it's a similar market. And uh, to speak to this a little bit more, it's just like, why are you different? What makes you unique? You know, what, what, there's 30 offers, one wins. What, what makes you the one? And, and, and it's, how do you stand out? How are you different? And I love us talking about building because it's just like, that's a common theme with you. And it build with David is all over the place. Um, I, I really do love that. Um, you know, it, it, it makes sense why, why you might win. And are you calling the listing agents? Are you asking them what's up? Are you, are, or is that, is that a part of your, yes. your play every yes. time? calling them every time. And not only that in front of my clients, mm -hmm. because I want them to get a sense of um, where the listing agents at with, with the deal. Um, Cause then it helps, it helps me, you know, have that conversation with my, with my buyers. And it's a lot easier to have these conversations because now it's not coming from me. It's coming from someone else. hundred percent. I really love that. And people are so afraid to do it. They want to send an email. They want to write it in the offer. They want to send a text. No you got to call these people no. pick up the phone yeah you gotta you gotta pick up the phone and call them so uh speaking of that uh on the listing side now so you're a listing agent you have a, a you have an offer you have a house for sale you get 30 offers how important is branding and really more importantly how important is the person making the offer and the person making the offer in specific re re relation to the contingencies and dollar amount on the offer, what's most important and, you know, how are you leveraging that? Yeah. You know, I think from the agent's perspective, there's certain things that are pretty negotiable. Like you have to make sure that if there's a pre-approval, it's a legit pre-approval. Right. You can't be questioning a buyer's financing when you have 30 other offers. If you have 30 offers and you accept an offer and it doesn't go through because of the financing, I really don't think you did your, you did your job as an agent doing the due diligence on, on pre-approvals. You know what I mean? 100%. Um, as a listing agent, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as, a, as right. a listing agent. But I think you have to make sure you understand where your seller is at too. Like what's the most important thing to them? Mm -hmm. A lot of times, Price might not be the most important thing. They might just not want to deal with an inspection. They might just want to, you know, 
have a really great family that comes into this property. Right. Right. Or, you know, sometimes post-occupancy is the biggest concern for some of these people. Right. Because they're, they're looking to buy another house too, you know, and they, they're, they're worried they'll be homeless. Um, you know, so it helps having 30 offers on the table, but sifting through is, is a, is a process in itself because you have to find out what is important. Some of these offers, they're just thrown out the window because they're, they don't consider what the seller wants. And then let alone the buyer agent doesn't even call the listing agent to right. figure out what the seller wants. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so how are you going to, how are you even going to win for your, for your buyer clients if you don't do that? You know, another name for brand is reputation. And uh, an older crowd would call it, you know, reputation. A younger crowd would more so call it brand. But they're the same, about the same thing. And um, how important is reputation and brand of an agent? So you have 30 different agents making an offer. Does it matter, their personal brand? Does that matter to the listing side? Yeah, I think I think when you, when you see a name that's familiar, that you've seen on social media, that you've seen on any sort of, um, you know, publications or anything like that, you can't help but but recognize it and recognize it in a in a in a positive way in a light right. you know positive light, um, yeah it it edifies them I mean, right for sure I, that's just that's just human nature it's like you see the Nike sign you know what the Nike sign stands for right just do it you know you know so hundred percent and I, I think this is something that a lot of people miss a lot of the times and I think this is why being ubiquitous being everywhere being on social media having a, a brand and being out there all the time is so important. If they don't know who you are, I'm sorry, but you're gonna be just like everyone else. Grant Cardone says, if they don't know you, they can't blow you. <laughs> That's fire advice. <laughs> they don't know you, they can't blow you. That's awesome. Um, so uh, final question here is, why is 2021 the best time to buy a home? Um, guys, I, I wish I had an Excel spreadsheet or something to show you guys, but Look, listen, the reality is interest rates are very much at all time lows. Yes, it might be a competitive market, but listen, you might be paying 10 to 15% more on a property price wise, mm -hmm. right? But whose money is that? Mm -hmm. It's a loan. It's a loan, mm -hmm. right? So your money is cheap right now. Mm -hmm. You might be paying a little bit more, but you're not paying it. The lender's paying it, right? In a different market, you might be paying list price, you might be paying below list price, but what's your rate gonna be? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, uh, and this is something that I, I generally talk to people too, the rate is uh, is one piece of it, but ultimately what people buy is how much money do they have to show up to the closing with and what is their monthly yes. payment? That is the deciding factor. Because if your rate's 0% and you can afford a thousand a month and it's 2000 a month, you ain't buying. It doesn't matter the 0%. If you are, buying over list price by $50,000, you know, and, and it's a thousand dollars a month, you're, you're, you're going to do that. But if you're underpaying by $50,000 and it's $2,000 a month, you ain't buying it. You can only afford a thousand. So that's something that really people need to see. And, um, you know, to add to it, you're talking about spreadsheets, brother, come on, man, I'm a loan officer, you know, <laughs> let, 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 let's map this out. So like just two quick things is that we just said somebody that pays $800 a month in rent they're looking to buy a $190,000 house. Yeah. And $800 a month of rent, if rent goes up at 3.3% per year, which is the national average, if you fast forward that over 15 years, it's $182,000 that you pay in rent. Money out the, uh, just out the window. And uh, I have somebody moving from Chicago to um, yeah. 
to Wisconsin, they pay $1,500 a month in rent. Insane. They're looking to buy $195,000 house. Their payment's going to be $1,200 a month. It's literally less to buy the house. But this is the kicker. $1,500 a month in rent adds up to just shy of $350,000 over 15 years. And that's something I think people need to see and hear. You can overpay, but still be financially better off than throwing it all away in rent. I, I 100% would agree because you're building equity, right? Right, and, and you know now you have to do the opportunity cost as well of what's your rent going to? What's that? You know, you throw away three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Where is that going to? Uh, you know, and I've had this conversation even with investors. They're like, "Oh, the market's it's too high. It's too high. Uh, I can't do it. You know, I, I'm not willing to overpay." Mm -hmm. Look, listen. The reality is, if if you're an investor and you want to buy some cash flowing properties. You have to also put into your calculations the opportunity cost of that future value cash flow as well, mm -hmm. right? Because if, if you're not buying right now, well, you're not getting that cash flow as well for the next two to three years. Mm -hmm. So what are you losing? What are you really losing out on? You're losing right. out on that cash flow, you know, and just because you don't want to pay 10 to 15% more than the market's asking. If you were to compare 2020 prices to 2021 prices, how would they differ? How do they compare? Yeah, 20... so I would say 2021 prices are definitely a little bit more than 2020. Um, and I would say maybe maybe like a 5% increase. I mean, they're just just a little a little bit more. It's more. Yeah, it's it, it, know, it's like... just pretty simple. I mean, it's just simple stuff. How about this? How do you think 2022 prices are going to compare to 2021? We don't know. Mm -hmm. We can assume. Mm -hmm. right. But I would rather go with what I do know. Mm -hmm. Here's my personal thought is, is that look, they're not building any new houses right now. Lumber costs is through the roof. You can't build them. There's not any sort of, you know, um, inventory relief in sight. And uh, average age of a buyer is 32 years old. And if you go back 32 years, the birth rate three years in a row went up by like percentage points in the United States. Yeah. That is going to keep demand high. And there's so many people that are living in their parents' basements. There's so many people that have been renting for 15 years or whatever it is. Those people aren't going to stop coming out, uh, coming out to try and buy it. I just can't see it, not for one bit, going down. There's just, just no way. It doesn't make sense for prices to go down. That's not how real estate works. Right. Real estate appreciates year after year. So for you to say you can time the market, well, go ahead, try time the market. But you also have to keep into account your 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 opportunity costs for trying to time the market. It, another quick stat, I love I love saying this, this is a great one, is five out of the last six recessions resulted in a real estate appreciation and value. The one out of the six was due to people getting loans they shouldn't have got. Mm -hmm. And it was literally a financial collapse caused by the, the, the lending housing market. And that ain't happening anymore. The people that get loans are qualified. And just <laughs> ask anybody that's gone through the mortgage process. Dude, trust me, I have clients that are that are just that don't get you know financing that might have got financing in, in a way, and it's right. like we're we're back at you know the drawing table because it's like okay, well this is what you need to do, mm -hmm. these steps, right? right? Because strict restrictions are just way more stringent now than, than they would have been back then. I mean, you, you ever watch the um, what's the movie, The Big Short? Right, hundred percent. It, it's hilarious how how they how they portray the lending side of it because they're like. They have these two loan officers. There's a scene where the the hedge fund, I think, goes and they meet with these two loan officers in in Florida, and they're just all you know laughing about you know oh no yeah we do I think it was uh, 
what is it? The the variable mortgages and they're like, yeah, yeah, just you know, these arms. Yeah, and it's like pay option arms. Yeah, it's bank. Right, hundred percent. Why did it collapse? I mean, you're right. I mean, it really is. That, that is a great movie, and it absolutely accurately describes what it was. Everybody wants to, you know, demonize the loan officer. It's actually the people that gave out the loans, the people that are securitizing the loans. It yeah. was the big, huge market. Um, all right, this has been great. Uh, so I want to, uh, I want to really thank uh, David for, for for joining us. I want to thank uh, everybody for listening. Is there anything we left out, uh, David? Is there anything you want to well, final thoughts? Um, Jimmy, this is great. Uh, I really appreciate you bringing me on. I know you have some big time people on here and it's it's an honor to be shared with these with these people because uh, hopefully I can see them at the top here um, as soon as possible. Um, that's a goal. That's beautiful, brother. Build with David um, is, it, it says a lot about you. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, if anybody wants to connect with you, David, how, how would you like the, for them to connect? Yes, so I'm on Facebook. You can look me up, David Castillo. Um, I'm also on Instagram. You can look me up at Build with David. I'm also on TikTok, Build with David. Uh, like I said, trying to grow the brand socials. So follow my socials. If you ever want to get a hold of me immediately, give me a call 414-841-1615. I'm here for all your real estate needs, Milwaukee area. Shoot me a call. Love it, brother. Love it. Thanks for coming on. So uh, we want to thank everybody for listening today again. And uh, you know, if you uh, like what you've heard today, and want to support the show, you know, tell a friend, send this to somebody, uh, you know, write us a five-star review. Those really help. Uh, hit that subscribe button. All those things help us uh, increasing our word. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Once again, this has been the Get It Done Podcast, and I'm Jimmy Ryan. Many more stories 